Richard, Aaron, to the stage. Richard and Aaron to the stage. 10.30. To the stage. Yes, 10.30. That's not right. Okay. 10.30. It's 10.30, y'all. Find your seats. Good morning. Welcome to the vineyard. Someday that clock is going to be fixed. And we're not going to go, what? We still have five more minutes. That's us talking, not you. Good morning and welcome Isn't it nice to have the sunshine out? Fabulous. Look at these beautiful girls. Oh my goodness, I can't stand it. <sighs> Welcome to Vineyard. If you are new, just so you know, we have bathrooms here. They're through those doors right there, up the steps to the left. If you can't take steps, there's one at the bottom to the right, okay? Um, we have a brand new coffee bar. It's not ours, but it's our people's, Catalyst Coffee. It's awesome coffee. Um, I highly encourage you to give it a try sometime if you haven't given it a try this, time, this morning. Um, it is really good. Even if you leave your cup sitting all night long in your dresser and you have to drink it first thing in the morning. It was good this morning, too. I can't say enough about it. Anyway, let's pray and begin. Is that all right? Lord, we just ask that you would uh, meet us today, that we really, really, Lord, that we would meet you today, that we would turn our eyes to you, that we would reach out to you, that our hearts would be open to whatever you have for us today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please, if you wish, if you're comfortable doing so, um, feel free to stand, and we'll go ahead and begin. But, oh, what did I say? And we'll come in? Get what it? Yes. Come in. Sorry. Thank you. Thanks for straightening me out.
So I just want to encourage you guys to be here. Be fully present. Bring whatever you've brought with from the week and lay it down. It's okay. It's totally okay. God sees you and he knows you and he accepts you right here. So I just want you to, uh, to encourage you to worship him with your whole heart, knowing that he wants your worship. You are worthy of coming before his throne. You are worthy of singing out to him. You are worthy no matter what is going on in your life.
just want to encourage you to confess. Take time to confess right now if there's something else that your heart's been living for. If there's something else that's been taking the, the higher ground in Jesus. I just want you to just, in your own space, confess that to him and bring him back to the top of the list. Bring him back to your highest value. I know it's easy to do. It's easy to do. It's easy to put our kids before him. There are lots of other things. So just confess that and come back. Come back to him as your first love.
redemption's hill where your blood was spilled for my ransom everything I once held dear I count it all as loss lead me to the cross where your love
And Jesus, thank you for doing all that for us. Jesus, thank you for coming and being human. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for us. Jesus, thank you for allowing us to come back over and over and over and over and over again. Lord, when our mind starts spinning and turning, I just pray that we would take hold of whatever that is and lay it back at your feet. give it over to you once again. We would trust you to take it. We would trust you to figure it out for us. We would trust you to walk us through it. Sorry, I thought you were done. <laughs> it's my bad. I'll own it. Um, as we were worshiping, God brought a, a memory back uh, to me. Um, you know when you like, like first fall in love with someone and it's like so insane? Like, you literally feel like you're going a little bit crazy, maybe. Um, and, like, I remember um, my first girlfriend, and she, like, broke up with me by writing me a note. Um, for those of you younger, it would have been, like, a text over text today. Um, but <laughs> texting didn't exist then, and so it was a note. Anyway, she broke up with me by note. And I remember going home, like, I... She gave me this note. I thought it was going to be nice because I thought everything was fine, which is kind of a pattern in my life, but well, that's a different story. Um, I thought everything was fine, and then I get this note, and she broke up with me. And I remember being so, like, I was so emotionally upset that I literally physically threw up. Like, I was that, ugh. Like, it was just, it hurt that bad. Um, and I was, I was back there during worship during the last couple songs, and I was thinking, why, why am I not that passionate about my relationship with Christ? Like, why am I not at that level with my relationship with God that if I, if I feel like I'm not in a good place with God, that I would be so upset that I might throw up? Like, that level of, of angst over my relationship with Christ. Um, and I don't know if I've, if I've ever been quite at that level, but I was with this girl when I was like 18, right? And so like, where's that disconnect? How, like why, I mean, is it the, is it the physicality of, of, actu of an actual person? Is it um, because it was the first time? 
And so like everything was just so that much more intense because it was new. Um, like what was it? And I was like praying about it as I was sitting back there. And I was like, you read about in scripture where people come before the presence of God and they literally can't stand. Like their legs crumple underneath them and they're prostrate there, which means like laying on their face before God because they're in the presence of his holiness and his greatness and his goodness and, and just how powerful and amazing God is. And like, when's the last time I experienced that? It's happened before, but it's been a while. And... Um, I felt like the Lord was saying to me that, that that first love, that fiery love, if you will, um, that bringing us to the cross where we recognize our, our brokenness and our need for a Savior, um, that that's something that God is, is stirring in, in all of us. He, I think he's stirring it in the world, and I think he's stirring it in our church, and I think he's stirring that in us individually and so I just want to call it out, and I want to recognize it, and I want to say more, Lord, like more of that. Lord, can we have that level of being in love with you? Can we experience our Savior, like at that, at that level again? Like, I don't know about you guys, like that's my heart. Like that's... I want to love God at that level. Um, and I feel like I'm not the only one. Um, and this might be a little bit uncomfortable, so I'm going to apologize in advance. But um, I don't know you very well, but the young man in the far back with the super cool hair. Um, yeah, I know. Sorry, dude. Um, God loves you like so insanely much and he's been drawing you and calling you and, and he's like been chasing after you and I got like this picture of you like being this little rabbit and you were like running and God was like this hound dog that was like trailing you and tracking you and he like wasn't going to let you go and like you dodge here and you duck in a hole and you'd like try and hide from him and he just kept finding you like, you just couldn't get away from him. And um, I just felt like God wants you to know just, like, how deeply he loves you. And he's never going to stop hunting you. And he's never going to stop tracking you. And he's never going to stop looking for you because you're his son. And he loves you. And you are valued and respected and honored and important to him. And he's not going to let you go. Does that make sense? Okay. Sorry, dude. <laughs> but, like, if I hear it, I'm going to say it. So, there you go. Um, uh, switching gears real quick. I'm going to pray real quick. Um, and then uh, we're going to do an announcement, and we'll kind of switch gears here. But, um, Lord Jesus, we want more of you. So, Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would continue to be with us. That we would pay attention to you. That we would be present with you. Jesus, you are worth our full attention. Jesus, you're worth our focus. We thank you for who you are, Lord. Amen.
Um, can I get my friends Bob and James? <laughs> James. Thank you, Dusty. So the reason, this is Jim, J is it Jimmy or James? In front of all these politicians. And this is Elena. So anyway, for those of you that don't know, they have actually, are, they are the owner and the proprietors of Catalyst Coffee. And the reason that we wanted to bring them in front of the congregation is so they could talk a little bit about the, uh, the coffee shop, because for some of us, you know, we're not really sure. We'd like to be able to get more information about free coffee, what's available, <laughs> etc. Hey, I'm just saying. So anyway, um, what I want to do is ask them first, uh, James slash Jimmy and Elena, why did you decide that you wanted to have a coffee shop in the church, and why did you call it Catalyst Coffee? It's a big question. Uh, Well, we've been dreaming of a coffee shop for our whole marriage, so 12 years. And um, at first we thought the dream was to have a, a coffee shop and then a church on Sundays. And little did we know what God was actually planning in our hearts when he did that. It was um, actually being in a church building. So um, as we continue to dream, God put a lot of other things in our hearts. So this could take forever, but I'm just going to keep it short. But um, as we were looking for a location and we're really feeling like God spurred us into taking the leap of faith into actually starting, um, our heart really moved towards here. We've been, we'd been here. We loved this community. We loved what it was, and we loved this church, and um, we knew the space, um, and we just really, we really felt led to ask, and, and the answer was yes, and so here we are. <laughs> and the name Catalyst, uh, I feel like it came after the fact of reaching out to this whole idea of the church and being here, and so catalyst, if you look it up, the two definitions are it's like a substance that will cause a chain reaction, but itself does not permanently change, or a person or a thing that is part of an event. And, of course, we want to be a catalyst to the community. I know this church does with Sunrise and the Vineyard, and, and all of you, everyone here, wants to be a part of something cool in this community, especially downtown. So hopefully we can be a part of that. We already hopefully have some... Uh, some leads on different things, and uh, but also the idea of on the church side, like Christ, He's the ultimate catalyst for us. Uh, he brings that initial change in us. He is the one who comes in and changes, but He Himself never changes. That's the root thing we need to remember. So, uh, but yeah, that's why Catalyst, and we love Yakima, so we're <laughs> we're happy to be back. Except for you, oh. Yes, so Sunday mornings, we will have drip coffee uh, and to, to serve for you guys as members of the church. And anybody who comes in the doors, we'll have drip coffee for you on the house, except for Bob. He's, he's charged. Uh, but everyone else. But we also have different drinks and stuff. So if you guys want lattes, Festivus latte right now. Pastries. pastries. So Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. Uh, we'll have the aluminum pole. Anyways, um, pastries. We do have pastries. We have, uh, right now, it's called Blue Moon. They're from Portland. 
dear to our hearts as well as Yakima. But uh, we're also talking with the pastors as well here to see what that will look like once more COVID restrictions are lifted and we'll probably have a little table over there. We've got to ask the doctors and everyone who's on the science side of things. But yeah, so uh, anyways, we will have more info on that for you. And um, I just looked and they actually have a website. So if you want to. Oh, yes, we do. And you can order from it, too. Oh. Okay, you can order from it, too. Now, the one thing I have to ask, this is probably the most important question of all, is do you offer senior discounts? <laughs> no, no. Let me, under, let me explain why. Because Dave Hansen has been using so much coffee that we're concerned that he's going to go broke. So we. That's a good question. That's something <laughs> I could look into for sure. Okay. Anyway, enough. So one last thing is, uh, before we pray for them, is these doors will be open on Sunday morning, and they start at about, they're open at 10, um, and from about uh, to 10.45, so people can go in, and you, you know, just, we want to go ahead and make a connection between us and the coffee, the coffee shop. And they will be open before that, and after service at, at noon, they will also be open after that. If Dave needs more coffee, it's there. So um, can we pray for you? Um, Dusty? Do we need, can we have anybody else up? Okay, okay, we're going to, let's just go ahead and reach out. And if anybody else wants to come up, let's go ahead and just pray for them. So, Father, we thank you for Jimmy, James, and Elena, Lord. We thank you for them and just their desire to serve you. Lord, I pray, Father, that, um, that as part of our church community, that, Lord, that you would bless them. And that, Lord, that this would be a link between our church as a community church and the, the surrounding community. So, Lord, we ask that, Father, as they, uh, as they do their business, that, Lord, that they would do it in a way that honors you. I pray that you would bless them, that you provide for them financially, and that, God, that even that as they have people come into the, uh, to their coffee bar, that it would be a ministry and that they could minister to people as well. So, Lord, we just thank you for them. We thank you for their friendship. pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jimmy. Yay! I just try to, like, always be caffeinated on, well, until bedtime. Um, if I could please get everybody to stand up for me, I should greatly appreciate it. Just go ahead and stand where you are. Try not to sing the R.A.M. song. Um, and if you could please go and shake the hand, hug, greet, wave at, whatever you're comfortable with, um, at least two other people while I get stuff technology-wise switched over, and then we're going to be back in like two, three minutes. So go say hi.
back. Find your way back to your seats, please. If you guys could find your way, just kind of make your way slowly back. Appreciate it. Um, two, two quick things before we kind of jump into the message section here. Um, uh, one, the Sunday after Thanksgiving at 3 p.m., so the Sunday after Thanksgiving at 3 p.m., uh, for anyone who's interested, uh, we have a, a group of folks and a a committee, a, a party planning committee, if you will, um, that are going to meet here to decorate the church for Christmas. So the Sunday, 3 p.m., post-Thanksgiving, I'll be here, make sure to put some tunes on, might make some cookies, it happens a lot. So uh, if, you're, if you're willing to come, help out, I'll stick some sugar and carbs in you to give you the energy to do that. Um, and then we're going to pray real quick. Um, so we, there's a young lady. She's, it's weird being in my 50s now and referring to someone who's 39 as a young lady. <laughs> I'm not sure when that happened, but I just like it hit me. Um, so there's a young lady who's 39. Um, she uh, is the niece of uh, one of our church members. Um, she's been going through chemo, going through cancer. Um, and she just um, contracted COVID as well and is having a really strong reaction, um, the respiratory stuff with COVID. because Her immunity was already down. She had cancer, and then the COVID thing kind of came on top of it. And so she's in the hospital. Um, it's extreme. She's in severe condition. And so we just, I believe Jesus can heal. I believe Jesus can restore bodies. Um, and so we're going to pray for her um, before we get started. Uh, her name is Mina. Mina. So, Lord Jesus, we lift Mina up to you. Lord, we put you in her, put her in your hands, Lord God. And, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask for her healing. Lord, would you restore her body? Lord, from uh, she's fighting multiple things. She's fighting cancer and the radiation from chemo and COVID, and, and Lord, it's just, it's rough, and I can't even imagine. And Lord, her family, I'm, I'm sure their hearts are, are just in a really hard place. Um, so Lord, would you surround them with your love? Would you reveal your, your, your grace and your mercy and your love to them, Lord God? Lord, even as they don't, they don't know us, but... Um, they're your kid. She's your daughter. Um, Lord, would you heal her? Would you restore her body? Would you, would you infuse her with your strength to fight um, for her life, Lord God? Just shower your mercy on her, Jesus. Lord, uh, you are a God who heals. And we know through scripture that you have done miracles and that you've healed many times. And so, Lord, we're just asking for another one. Lord, do now what you've done before, Lord God. And touch your body, Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. So this morning, um, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, my, uh, my friend Kat and I are going to kind of team up to teach this morning and, and kind of partner in this. And um, specifically, um, we're, we're doing a little series before we go into Advent talking about the Great Commandment. Um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and what does that look like? Like kind of what does that look like in real life? What does that look like inside of us? Because um, it starts here, right, and then flows from here in our relationship with Jesus out. Um, and so we're going to kind of hit on some different aspects of that. I'm going to take one aspect, and she's going to hit another one. And hopefully you get kind of a two different flavors and a complete picture in one message. I've not done this before. So if I'm a little clumsy, that's okay. Kat has. she's has more experience with this. So, um, so yeah, we're going to do that. So I'm going to start off. I'm going to kind of kick us off, and then I'm going to hand it over to her. Um, and then we're going to do a little kind of question and answer thing at the end. And depending on what our time looks like, um, we'd like to um, ask you guys if you have any questions. And so if... Um, you're kind of like pondering some things in the back of your head. And it's just going to be time dependent because we want to have time to pray for folks as well. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, figuring it out. It's going to be a little bit different thing, but I'm kind of excited about it. So starting off, um, as we mentioned, we're going to be decorating for Christmas in a couple weeks. And so it's, it's you know, it's that kind of Christmas season. I love Christmas. Um, true confession, I decorated my house in Christmas lights last night and turned them on. So, you know, there's this thing in Matthew about judging one another. I, I would refer you to that. I believe it's Matthew 8. Um, <laughs> so I'll just refer you there. Um, but yes, I, I am ready. We're, I was with a couple friends last night, and we were discussing it. And a few of us firmly believe that Thanksgiving is just pre-Christmas. It's like it's the... Um, so... With that in mind, this is how I feel, <laughs> just going along, trying to enjoy my life. Uh, my favorite Christmas song happens to be, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, in all of its various forms. And inevitably, I will be somewhere, grocery store, and this keening wail, this siren song of like piercing, painful, Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you. Yeah, I am judgy. I am. And when it comes to Christmas music, I'm super judgy. That one and Wham, oh, I'm not even going to name it. I'm not even going to name the song. It's just, this is a holy place and that song shouldn't even be here. So I'm just not even going to mention it. Where we'll keep the sanctity of the sanctuary and not mention the name of that Wham song. But it is horrifying and bad, and it makes me feel bad. And if you like it, you should feel bad. That's all I have to say about that. I probably need to go read Matthew 8. Yeah, thanks, Chris. <laughs> I probably should. Um, so this morning, we're talking about Matthew 22. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So they were asking Jesus, like, what, you know, what laws do we follow? What commands should we do? Um, and Jesus said that all of the commands of the prophets and the law were contained in this statement. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so I, I think you can't really do the second part until you're solid on the first part. Now, that doesn't mean you don't do it and you don't try and you don't work at being a good neighbor. Like, because we're never going to be perfect, right? None of us are going to have absolute pristine character, right, where we just never sin and I never think a bad thought, like about George Michael or whatever. Like, I just, you know, I don't, like, it, it happens, right? Um, and so we're never going to be perfect in that first part. So it doesn't mean that we wait to do the second part until the first part's, like, completely nailed down. But our, our goal, our progress, our intention should be loving God with all that we are, with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind. And then loving my neighbor as myself. I love this quote by Lewis. Well, I love every quote by Lewis. But this one in particular. Do not waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you do. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you are behaving as if you loved someone, you will presently come to love them. Um, in neuroscience, patterns basically build connection. So the more you do something, the more neural connections are created, and the stronger it becomes, or you become at it. Anybody who's ever done sports, and you shoot a basketball over and over, I just, I played basketball for nine years, so that's the first thing I default to, but like, Dribble, 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 dribble. And pretty soon I'm not even thinking about it. I can eat a sandwich and dribble, right? Or read a book and dribble. Because those muscle memory and neural connections are all being made because you've done something so many times. Anybody who's ever played an instrument, the more you play the instrument, the more proficient you grow at it. It's just practice over and over and over doing the same thing. Those neural connections are made. And the same thing is true for how we treat other people, and for our character, and even how we view God. How you view God reinforces itself over time the more you engage with that God. Um, there was this book I read written by two neuroscientists, called, I think it's called God in Your Brain. Um, and one of them was an atheist and the other one was an agnostic. Um, but they wanted to study how faith and how spiritual practices affect your brain. And they found through brain mapping that people who pray, um, that they are calmer, that they have less anger issues, that people who spend time in worship, that they have a greater sense of, of well-being like general sense of well-being. 
uh, less depression, less um, anxiety. Like there's just these things that these that engaging with God and engaging with faith, there are these neural connections that are made that grow stronger over time the more you do it. They even found, this is kind of off my notes, but only a little bit, Cat, I promise. Um, they did this really interesting study with, um, for, for those of you who believe in um, praying in tongues, I'm one of them, I do it, um, you believe in praying in tongues. They, like, they were doing a neural map of somebody who was um, praying in tongues, and the language center of their brain never lit up. Now think about that for a minute. There's language occurring, but that portion of their brain never engaged. So there's something about when you're praying in tongues that it completely bypasses the language center of your brain, and it's directly your God's spirit praying through you because your brain is not connected. And so like I experimented with this once, and I tried praying in tongues while I was reading a book, and I could do it. You ever tried talking and reading a book? Like, I haven't been able to, to do that because the language center of my brain is being engaged. And so it's just this interesting thing with neurology and the spirit, neurology and faith. Um, I'm a firm believer that science inevitably backs up faith and the spirit because God created the universe, God created science. Um, and so how does it, what does this have to do with this? Lewis is talking about loving your neighbor. And if you can just start doing it, if you can begin the practice of loving your neighbor, eventually your mind, emotions, and spirit will come along because those neural pathways are being connected. And that, that ditch, if you will, is happening. And so the more that God's spirit, the more that water flows through it, the more that your intention to do it flows through it, the deeper that channel gets. If you've ever seen a river time-lapsed, it gets deeper and it gets wider the more the water flows through it. That's just reality. It's physics. The same thing goes with us as we're loving our neighbor. The more you do it, the deeper and wider that capacity to love will deepen and grow. And so even if you don't feel like it, in the immortal words of a Nike commercial, just do it. Being a good neighbor is not some pacifistic, idle pursuit. But it's fighting for, and maybe sometimes even being militant about, advocating for God's kingdom. Here, now, today. Jesus over and over preached God's kingdom come. Now. The breaking in has occurred, is occurring, and will continue to occur until at some point everything in the whole universe is enveloped within God's kingdom. Eventually there will be a day when there is no distinction between this world and God's kingdom. It will all be God's kingdom. But for now we have to fight for it. So love between us and God and also love between each other. This act of neighboring is often not easy or comfortable. It's just not. Sometimes neighbors are jerks. Sometimes your coworkers are jerks. Sometimes your family's a jerk, right? And you have to love them anyway. Because that's what Jesus said to do. Sorry, bad news. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have to love people you don't even like.
No, that's not the fuzzy gospel. Scripture over and over, though, calls on us to embody God's love. One way of doing this is like being a good neighbor, like to your actual neighbors. I'm going to brag on my wife for a minute. We had a neighbor across the street. She had hip surgery. The sweet, dear woman loved to feed the neighborhood feral cats. God bless her. I mean, I like cats. I'm a cat person. Um, but not feral cats. Um, one of them scratched her as she was recovering from surgery. Guess what happened? Infection set in in her recent surgery. They had to remove the hip. She had to go into rehab for three months. And then finally heal up enough to get another hip a second time put in. So she's been out of commission for quite a while. Hasn't been able to walk and such and do other things. My lovely wife and myself from time to time um, when, when she calls over, like, does stuff. My wife takes out her garbage for her at night every week. Like, goes over in the dark. Now I stand on the corner and make sure she's safe. and Because <laughs> Lori always calls my wife. Um, oh, sorry. Dang it. I wasn't going to say her name. Gosh. Okay. Hold on. Reset. Okay. So my neighbor... Um, my wife will go over and takes out her garbage, take food over to her, check in on her. If she needs help moving something because she's in a wheelchair and she can't, she'll call over and Chris will go over and help her, like, rearrange things or get something off a shelf or different, you know, things like that. God is calling us to be a good neighbor to our actual neighbors, to be Jesus to the people literally living around you. Like, our Christian witness shouldn't stop at these doors. Matter of fact, we should just, like, this should just be, I don't know, kind of a re-up each week. For what we're actually, the actual Christian work that we're supposed to be doing, the actual engagement as one of God's kids that should be happening all throughout the week. Like, that's where the rubber actually meets the road. That's where we're actually being Christ's witness is in our other six days of the week. And then come here for some encouragement and some restoration and get prayer and love on each other and encourage each other to go out and do it all over again. Like, that's, uh, to me, that's how that flow should happen. Um, let's read a, remain, a reminder from the book of James about how we should human. Here's how to human. Do you want to be counted wise to build a reputation for wisdom? Here's what you do. Live well. Live wisely. Live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk, that counts. Mean spirit and ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom. Twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom. It's the furthest thing from wisdom. It's animal cunning, devilish conniving. Whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better than others, things fall apart and everyone ends up at the other's throat. Real wisdom, God's wisdom begins with a holy life 
and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessing. Not hot one day and cold the next. Not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, now listen to this really closely. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other and treating each other with dignity and with honor. That sounds like a community I would want to be a part of. That sounds like a place I would want to live. That sounds like a church I would want to be in. That sounds like a neighborhood I would enjoy hanging out in. Like, how, how good does that feel? Like, to have your neighbor, you know, if like, like our, my, um, my next door neighbor, Jose, he's just, he's the coolest dude. We've been neighbors for like 10 years now. And there were a couple times when Cormac was like later teens, but not quite adult yet. When, like, Chris and I would go away for the weekend or something, we're like, okay, if you need anything, you know, there's the dolls two houses down. There's Jose right next door. Like, if there's anything that, like, is an emergency, go, like, they're right next door. Go to the neighbors. They'll help you. Like, I trust them. Like, I know my neighbors. And I trust them enough that they would look out for my son and they would help him if he was in need. We don't all live in those neighborhoods. I feel like it's something that can be created. I remember my friends Dave and Teresa, and they moved down onto Natchez Avenue. And they were a light to their community. And I remember um, coming over once, and uh, Teresa was in the front yard, and there were like 10 neighborhood kids, like all around her. And they were, I don't even remember what they were doing. They were doing something, but she was just hanging out in the front yard with all these neighborhood kids. And literally two nights the night before, someone's front windows had gotten shot out. And like the neighborhood was in an uproar. And two days later, she's sitting in the front yard with all these kids. Bringing God's kingdom to bear on a neighborhood and in a place. Being Jesus' light and salt, leaven, another illustration that is used. Being that to the community. I'll finish with this Colossians verse. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so must you forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiveness in your hearts to God. See, my ability to be a good neighbor 
begins here in my heart and in my mind and in my spirit and even in my body. It begins here and my relationship with God. Because God has always called me to be better than I am. Like, I don't even want to vaguely imagine a dusty without Jesus. I don't think it would be pretty, if I'm being really honest. And I was, I'm, I'm grateful that Jesus got a hold of me when I was young. Like, I'm, I'm profoundly grateful for that. Um, so let's Let's be this. Let's start with our character. Let's start with our relationship with God. Let's, let's start with who we are in Christ Jesus so that we can then be the type of neighbor, the type of coworker, the type of family member that others want. want. Like they, they, we bring peace with us when we show up. We bring joy with us when we show up. We bring love with us when we show up. Let's, let's be that. Let's embody that. Thanks, friends. Guys, isn't he such a gift? Dusty's a gift. Can we just give him a little hand really quick? Come on. Such a gift. Um, so hi. Um, the focus that I'm going to kind of um, go with this morning um, is something that I have been kind of walking through over the last year and a half. I say that a lot from up here because there's been a lot of transition. Um, and it, we tied it in in regard to the piece of scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. And the as yourself part is the part I want to focus on. Because I don't really think that we do that justice. We don't really focus on that very much. We're kind of like, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Like, and I, um, over the last year and a half, have kind of gone through a journey um, of learning about self-care um, and what that means. Um, in regard to um, my life. So um, I was divorced in the last year and a half, year. Um, and sitting with that um, is really hard. For those of you that have been divorced, you know it's, it sucks. It's like bad. Um, and in this process of getting a divorce, sitting with that loss and the grief of that, I realized um, that there were just lots of areas that I wasn't taking care of myself, and God really showed up in some pretty powerful ways, um, speaking into my life, speaking into kind of the journey that I was going on in this process. Um, and so about a, yeah, so when that stuff started to happen, I had two um, distinct words that were spoken over me um, as I was processing and healing and working through it, and um, I'm going to share those with you because it kind of was like the catalyst of kind of what happened um, from that. So um, the day that um, I had to make some different choices for my life, I called Dusty. To, he doesn't know that I'm going to share this, but um, he called, I called Dusty, and I was like, hey, probably should let you know what's going down. <laughs> like, this is not good. It hadn't been good for a really long time. There were some things that you know, people knew about, and um, they were really messy and hard, and um, I was like, I'm not really sure how this is going to go down, but this is, you know, what's happening, and I just want to be really transparent about kind of my life and how this is falling apart, <laughs> and, and he said something to me that um, stuck with me, and till this day really sticks with me, and I really believe that God used it to kind of push me forward. He said, I need you to know 
no matter what happens, no matter what he chooses, no matter what kind of comes out of this, I want you to know that you were worth fighting for, that you are worth fighting for. And it just, like, it took my breath away. It took my breath away. I was like, because something in me, it just spoke something in me of um, my value and my worth. And I was like, oh, I'm going to stay with that. That's good. <laughs> um, because I think that Jesus was trying to really step in there. The second thing, um, so I'm getting prayer from women in my, my community. And um, Deb Bleehart has been speaking into my life since I was 19 years old. <laughs> and um, I was at her house, and they were praying for me as I was kind of like going through this process. And she said to me, I think that the enemy really wants to step in and tell you that there's something wrong with you because you love big. Because you just give your whole heart and you just love people so well. And she goes, I want you to know that that is not, like you loving big, that there's nothing wrong with you. That that's the heart that God gave you. And he doesn't want you to feel like you need to pull back and, um, you know, do anything differently. And I was like, okay, crying on everybody's couches. So, <laughs> so it was a really painful experience. It was really hard, obviously. But those two things had me really start digging into my why and digging into my connection with Jesus in a way that was different. Um, I've, you know, I've loved Jesus for a really long time. I've been a believer for a really long time. But something was just different about this. And so as I was dialoguing with Jesus about it, um, God, I was talking about creation care with him one day because I talk a lot about the environment with God because it's something I'm super passionate about. And it's, I just am like, I just want to see goodness and I just want to make things better. And how, I mean, I'm talking to God. And then uh, God said to me, yeah, that's the same way I feel about you. And I was like, wait, what? Creation care isn't just about um, recycling or taking care of our earth or gardening. It's about taking care of you, too. And I was like, dang. Like, it was heavy for me. It was so heavy for me because I, I'm, I'm an Enneagram, too. I am a helper. I am, like, I just want to love people big. And then the concept of, like, me owning, like, what God says about me and scripture and my worth, it just, it challenged me. It challenged me to look at things differently. So, more dialogue with God. There was a specific word that I felt like God said to me. I've been processing this concept of um, newborn care for a really long time. My kids are 14 and 12, so, but when they were babies, um, The way that I loved them was so, I mean, I still love them now, but like, it was just different because I love babies. I'm a baby freak, but there's something just so intimate about your newborn, right? As you're getting to know this new, know this new little person and like you look at every little detail of them and you, I was a little weird and I wrote down everything that they did when they pooped, when they peed, when they ate, like how much, you know, milk, like I was just obsessive about that because I cared and I wanted to make sure that I was doing the best job that I could to care for them. So God reminded me of this, of just like that deep affection that I had for my babies, like that I just adored everything about them. I remember like what it felt like to put my head on their belly and they would grab your hair and they would just hold you and just like that connection with them. Like I still can, like if I think about it, I can remember what it felt like to squish their little bellies. And 
how intimate that was, that vulnerability of like loving something and someone so much. And God was just like, that's the same way that I love you. Don't you see it? Don't you get it? Bawling again. Yeah, okay. I, I, but I didn't really take time to, I started to sit with it more is what happened at that point. And I started to get curious about myself and about the way that God made me in the same way that I got curious about my newborn. And I started to look at myself and say, what are the things that I actually really love? And in regard to self-care, like, what are the things that, like, I actually like to do with my body, right? Instead of just saying I have to run because I jog or walk or whatever. But, like, what is it that, that lights, that I light up inside, right? What are those things? So I started to get curious. And the word that God had said to me was, like, take care of yourself like a newborn, and you will be a force to be reckoned with. I was like, what the heck is that? Like, I don't know what that is. Like, I'm the girl that wants to hide behind books in a corner. Like, I don't know what this means. I still don't really fully know what it means. Um, but I think that that's the beauty of God is that sometimes it's a mystery and we don't always understand everything. So um, in this process of taking care of myself, like I was a newborn, I, like I've always been a goal setter. I've always been a person that like goals and does things. But this was different. This had a different intention to it. It was something that I just really felt like it was like a kind of like a sacred, like holy work that God was doing. It just felt, it just felt different. It wasn't the same as me like setting goals about not having single-use plastic in my house. Like this was like different. Um, and so um, I started to take care, uh, take steps to care for myself and not make excuses for not taking care of myself. Um, so um, I think that this portion of it, when I had these kind of words from people and I was walking in it, um, I started to see more in, like more in depth, the way that um, God's view of us is woven all throughout Scripture. Like it's woven, like you can't read the Bible and not see like your inherent worth and value to God. Like you just can't. Like I just I don't believe that. Like you can't not read the Bible and see that. And so um, we see woven throughout scripture, his heart for redemption of mankind throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, that God's heart is for you, that his faithfulness surrounds you. And when we tap into that, that we're forever changed. We're forever changed. Um, so some of the scriptures during this time that I, um, that I really identified deeply with, um, these are just a few, but really, oops, can I take that? It does work for me if I push the right button. <laughs> Um, so, Psalm 139, 14, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Like, there were days where, like, as I was, like, processing, like, just sitting with it, like, knowing, like, that his heart is for me, that he had a plan for me, that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, Galatians um, 2, 20. I have been crucified with Christ, but I no longer live. Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That one was, that one was, I've had that one memorized since I was like 20, but like that, that scripture just kept coming back to me in the aspect of um, 
when you're going through pain and you're going through sorrow and grief, there's so many little things that come up in your mind that want to tell you who you are, that want to tell you, like, well, really who you aren't. Like, just the enemy really just stepping in and, like, wanting to lie to you. And um, But I just, like, repeatedly, like, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, like, holding on to the truth of who I am and who God made me. And then verse Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Like that, we are special to him, that his affections are for us, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Um, Donald Miller, one of my favorite authors, because I have lots of favorite authors, he says, People love to have lived a great story, but few people like the work it takes to make it happen. But joy costs pain. Um, so in the process sorry, <clears throat> of getting curious about things that I love, I realized like random things about myself, like I literally hate red lobster. I hate red lobster. I hate it. This is one of the things I discovered, because my kids love it. We go there and I'm like, I really don't like this. Because I think, <laughs> like, little things like that, like, I found out about myself, right? I'm like, no, I don't want my money. And so starting to, like, uncover my values, right? This is not where I want my money to go. <laughs> things like that. They're just little, right? But um, some of the things, like, um, so, for instance, like, I started exercising and eating better. And what I figured out, it wasn't, like, a process of, like, I'm on this, like, post-divorce glow up. I'm going to, like, diet. It was not any of that. It was just me paying attention to what I needed for my own self-care and dialoguing with the Holy Spirit about that. So what I figured out was I feel really good when I eat salad. I feel great. I don't feel so good when I drink beer. So I don't drink beer anymore, right? Like I figured these things out along the way. Um, so um, over time, I began to see these changes of showing up to myself and taking care of myself holistically and that what God was doing in me was something that he started a long time ago. It was his work of salvation working itself out in a fuller way. One of the main things I think um, that happened over this time was that God had used me to trust his voice. Like he was using this time of me focusing on self-care to learn how to trust his voice more. And in trusting his voice, I can trust myself. I'm trying to, to explain that clearly. Like... Christ lives in me, and if I trust him, and I'm making decisions for my life, that I can trust those decisions because he's in me. Does that make sense? I see a little nod, okay. Um, I have a tendency to question things a lot, like I'm an overthinker through and through. Um, and I have a tendency to overthink everything to death, but in this part of me, it start, I started to realize this anxious part of me that I started to realize that I was walking closer to him, that I was hanging on every word he said. I was just hanging on it. Um, and I think that that definitely was a season. Um, Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Man, I felt that. I felt that hard and deep. Um, there's a song um, that I want to share. Um, it's silly because um, Taylor Swift, I'm obsessed. Every, people know this. Um, but there's a song that she sings, and it's on her new album that came out on Friday, and it's an old song, but 
my kids, I was listening to it the other day because I listened to it like a worship song. And my kids, when I were talking about it, and they were like, oh, we thought that that was a worship song. And I was like, it's actually not. Um, but there's this song um, that she sings and with Ed Sheeran, and he's like, um, I'll build my blue walls, and I'll tear them down and open up the door for you. And um, there's the chorus says, I just want to know you better, know you better, know you better. I just want to know you better you better and that has like been the resounding like concept of the last year and a half is like God has just spoken to me and it just put this part of me that like I just want to know you better like know you better so I sing that song and I just like I'm over and over and over like just put before his throne and just like I just want to know you like period end of discussion um and um here's what I can see now when we allow God to take every part of our lives and we don't fight it, and we just show up and let him love us and we're forever changed. There were so many moments in my life that things could have gone so different. I could have given my heart over to insecurity, anxiety, bitterness, but I knew that long-term that that just wasn't what I wanted for my life. I just didn't want that. I wanted Jesus. Like, I didn't want any of the ickiness. I, you know, and like every time it came up, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Like this constant, like, discipline it was a discipline really i wanted um jesus and not to just see the redemption of my life but his kingdom come and his will be done i knew that my healing could mean healing for others right like i've heard people hurt people will heal people heal people or at least walk alongside them while jesus is healing them we can't love our neighbors well if we don't know the love of jesus for our own lives and our own care modeling the gospel in word and deed and learning how to push into the fleshy parts of jesus his tenderness and his kindness and his affection for you and it starts it starts with us believing what he says about us and it then it spills out to everyone around us so that's my you ready question time <laughs> all right i think i'm on Thank you. Thank you for sharing your heart and part of your journey and kind of where God's brought you. Um, and so I'm switching up my question a little bit. Oh. Yeah, I know. Oops. Sorry. It's okay. I, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just I felt like, uh, I, I do feel like it was from the Holy Spirit, but like as you were saying, um, you know, that that song meant a lot to you, I want to know you better. Um, what what things have you pursued in the last year that you found has allowed you to know Christ better? Like what things have brought you closer to Christ as you've gone through pain? And why did you push into Jesus rather than, like you just said, being angry and bitter and, you know, struggling with depression and all the things that are normal when yeah, you suffer no, a traumatic sure. event? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, it was, it was in part because I knew that, I knew that I wouldn't find my value or my purpose or anything about myself outside of who Jesus is. Amen. Right? Like, it was like, I'm not going to find this in a relationship. I'm not going to find this in a marriage. I'm not going to find who, his affection and his value of me in anything other than that. Amen. And that's what I wanted to show up to. Yeah. So if it meant me having to discipline myself to 
let all of those things, you know, um, not let them go, like sit with them and then heal and let it, you know, giving it to Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was it. Like, I know that my life is forever changed because of who he is. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, we said we were going to do one question. Go so ahead. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are you go. good? You ready? Yep. I'm not going to change it up, though, because. You can. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, one of the things while we were preparing for this that I was really curious about was, um, so I've gone on this journey of, like, self-care and figuring things out about myself, right? But I was also really curious about Jesse and his life. Um, because he, he, both of us, we are both Enneagram twos. Um, we are both the givers, the helpers, the people. And um, so how, as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, as an employee, all of those hats that you wear, what does your self-care look like? Yeah. And how do you cultivate that in order to live a life of health? Yeah. Part, so for me, part of it is... Um, I literally, like, went into ministry when I was 18. Um, and so I've kind of spent most of my life in one way or another serving Jesus and serving other people in the church. And, like, that's just for the bulk of my life it's been that. And so I've had to figure out ways to, like, not get so sucked dry that I'm a jerk, basically. Because when I'm... My wife will tell you that when I'm tired, um, I normally have a really long fuse. That fuse shortens demonstrably um, when I'm just exhausted, you know, when I'm tired. And so I, in Celebration of Discipline, Richard Foster um, talks about how we should be able to develop what he calls a portable sanctuary of the heart where we have this place within us where it's you and it's Jesus and that that is an unassailable space. That the enemy, that other people, that my life circumstances, like it's an impenetrable space where I can find Jesus. And um, just yesterday morning, I, um, I, um, Lovely wife is over helping take care of her mother this weekend, so I was home by myself. Um, I always wake up early because it's just how I am. My body has never gotten off farm time. Um, so I wake up, and so I was up at like 5 o'clock in the morning. It was still dark. I could hear the birds. It was raining a little bit. And so I gave myself permission to lay in bed for a half hour and be awake but not get up and start doing things and just kind of spend time with God in his presence. I wasn't actively praying. I wasn't reading scripture. I did have some like light piano music on, but I just, just stayed in his presence and just asked God, like, would you sit with me? Like ask God to be with or. More than likely, it was actually him asking me to be with him. It's the reality. <laughs> but point, I was like, fair point. <laughs> right, you know, but I was like, you know, God, can I just, like, spend a half hour just not doing anything, like, just being with you? And um, so finding spaces like that where I can just be with the Lord and not have to be... Um, 
actively doing something is one of the few things that really like works for me. Um, I find going to Psalms, I'm just, Psalms works for me. Like if I can read the book of Psalms, David went through so many different things and he had so many different emotions and there's probably not an emotion you've ever felt that David didn't write about in Psalms. <laughs> and so you can go there and you can find something. It's like, okay, David was literally so pissed off at his, the people who were treating him badly that he was asking God to crush them into dust and blow them away on the wind. Like he was that mad. <laughs> and it also says that in scripture that David was a man after God's own heart. So maybe God feels that way sometimes too, I don't know. But like it's helpful for me to go to scripture and like find my experience in scripture. And how God responds there. Um, That's a good word. So, for me, those are kind of the, um, uh, you know, a meditative space with me and God. Where I can just be quiet and there's nobody else. Um, Because I get distracted by people. And so I just need space with just me and God. I mean, that's probably the main thing. Great. That's good. That's good. Um, It is 12. Yeah, it's time. So I yeah, that we're going to transition into ministry time. Um, so if you, um, I'm going to invite some friends to be over here in the West Sanctuary. Um, if you guys are someone who can pray for other folks, which, I mean, all of us, but um, some of my friends, Bob, Dave, some others, if you guys could just be available over here, um, specifically what for, we felt like we were supposed to pray about this morning is um, our internal relationship with God. Like, where's that at? And if it needs some work, have somebody pray with you. Like, I do. (laughs) I've got my people, they pray for me. I'm like, God, you and I are not quite, uh, you know, this. It's more like missing each other. And so if that's something you've been experiencing and you'd just like somebody to pray with you that, that you and God could figure out how to be hand in hand instead of missing each other, I would love for you to go over and, and have my friends pray for you. Um, I'm going to just put some chill music on, Richard. Don't worry about it. Thank you. I, I appreciate your willingness. But, and we're going to end service here. If you have kiddos, I'd encourage you to please go get your kiddos. Um, we, we can pray with kids involved as well. Have your kids pray for you. Cormac used to pray for me all the time. I, like, loved it. <laughs> I always thought it was amazing. So I'm going to say a quick prayer for all of us, and then we're going to end. Um, Lord Jesus, just kind of as we coming full circle, as we sang in the beginning, lead us to the cross. Bring us back to the foot of the cross and who you are and who you were And Lord, help us to remember our salvation and not treat it cavalierly. But Lord, as something that is a relationship that we bear some responsibility in maintaining. So Lord, would you show us how to maintain our relationship with you? Would you show us how to draw near to you so that we can as well like Kat said, even in the midst of of pain and struggle and 
and heartache that we can find a place with you, Lord God, that you can encourage us and strengthen us. So, Lord, I just ask for your blessing, Lord God, on each one here. Draw us to you, Jesus. Make us more and more like you, God. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you. We'll continue on with this next week. Um, if you would like some prayer, got some friends over here, come get some prayer. God bless you.